Welcome to today's podcast of the Orthodox Christian's Hour of Power. I am your host, John Dunn. Today's podcast is titled, Vaccinations Unknown, The Mark of the Beast and the Gospel. Now we all know that there are as many errors as there are opinions concerning the nature of the Mark of the Beast. It's not my intent to rehearse them, to discuss them, to critique them. However, it is my intent to now speak about what I see and hear happening all around the world, which everybody who listens to this is cognizant of. I want to show how these three topics coalesce together and address our times. And what is it that we see and hear? I see the whole world being trained to accept that their foreheads would be scanned. Is there any significance in this practice of scanning or is it to be considered completely innocuous? After all, it's just a temperature reading. Now there are some who say that these coming COVID-19 vaccinations cannot be the mark of the beast and others who say quite adamantly, it certainly is. And in reply, those who say it is not are just as adamant and they seem to have a sound reasoning to say it is not because they note that the mark of the beast requires a mark and the vaccination makes no mark. Is that true? That's what I want to discuss today. For the record, what I present here is an answer to what if, because I can't claim to really know. I can't say for certain about the scientific knowledge necessary to affirm approve or disapprove of what I'm going to tell you. However, I do want to address a conventional kind of wisdom or knowledge which is put forward to argue that this vaccination could in no way be associated with the mark of the beast. It's a what-if answer. Now, many people are saying that in relationship to the vaccinations and the mark of the beast, that there is nothing to see here. There's nothing which expresses evidence that this is the mark of the beast. After all, there is no mark. And so for many, it's just a matter of dismissing the idea that the mark of the beast can be distributed through a vaccination, whether under the skin or on top of the skin. There just simply is no mark. But this kind of response 
actually assumes that it is a traditional way of thinking. It assumes to believe that the mark of the beast is a clearly identifiable mark to the naked eye. The idea is that this answer delivers us from any concern about the vaccine shot, so we should not be afraid to take it. It supposes that the mark of the beast might be visible on the surface of our skin. But my question is, what if it were on the surface of the skin and yet it was an invisible mark to the naked eye? Now, I'm going to give two points in response to the doubt that this could be related to the mark of the beast. This knowledge which I am about to present is already a part of our orthodox understanding. It's been gained particularly through modern studies, but it is not wholly unknowable or unknown in history, even though few know it, and it is taken from the scriptures. I expect that many might respond to what I present here as say, in saying that this is a weak and ridiculous argument. But as an Orthodox Christian, we know that God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Therefore, however ridiculous it may sound in the hearing, I urge you to give my argument a full hearing and consideration. For even if this particular vaccination is not the mark of the beast, it still may be the forerunner of that mark. I already mentioned how that this information, which I present now, is in the scriptures. That something can be right in front of your eyes and it not be seen. This is a part of our common experience. If you doubt it, then you don't really understand blindness. So, the question is, is it possible to have a visible mark and it not be seen? My answer is yes. And the evidence is available to prove it. Mine is a simple answer. It requires no profound logic or reason. It requires, it relies upon the knowledge and the experience of Orthodox Christians, especially those who are students of the Holy Scripture. And it is irrefutable, which does not mean that there is no refutation that can be made. First, I want to talk about the one mark which every Orthodox Christian is aware of that is both visible and invisible. It's the mark called baptism. For baptism marks the whole man. It identifies us as a Christian. We are familiar with our baptismal hymn. All those who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Alleluia. So powerful is this mark of baptism, 
that St. Peter the Apostle exclaimed, Baptism doth also now save us. We must hear this last point because many are looking towards a vaccination to save them today. But it is only baptism into Christ that can save them. Even from the effects of COVID-19. As I have stated, as Orthodox Christians, we already know that baptism is a visible form through immersion, is a visible form or and symbol of the rejection of our old life. Our baptisms are visible signs. It accomplishes an erasure of or a blotting out of our offenses. Our baptism marks us as separate from the power of sin and death and unto God. It marks us by washing or regenerating us in the inner man, cleansing our conscience from the guilt of sin. Now, it's not my intent to rehearse all the that we can could be rehearsed concerning baptism. Many have written on these topics and have heard and learned these things and need not to be informed of what they already know. But I do mention it to show that we already possess a knowledge that there can be a mark which is both visible and invisible. For baptism corrects the effects of sin. And what is the effect of sin which is relative to our topic and is in need of correction? Our orthodox understanding of sin is that it is literally best understood as meaning to miss the mark. Baptism, as it were, restores us to the correct mark, which identifies us as the children of God, as members of Christ. More could be said about this and should be said, but I'm just speaking of it in passing. So as Orthodox Christians, we already know that baptism is a visible mark, which when it's made with the sign of the cross marks our foreheads and our hands, as well as other members of our body. Yet it is likewise an invisible mark, which afterwards is invisible to our eyes, but it still marks us as belonging to Christ. So now we might ask, is it possible for the mark of the beast to be both visible and invisible on our forehead and our hands? I've shown that we've already possessed the Christian mark of baptism. So we must now examine if the mark of the beast likewise has the characteristic of being visible and invisible to the natural eye. Excuse me. For some argue that it must be wholly visible in order to fulfill the scriptural uh, requirement of it being a mark. Now, what I'm about to tell you is a scientific fact. It can be researched out. But if you are a student of the Holy Scriptures, especially of those who've studied manuscripts, you'll see or hear that we already know from the Scriptures that a mark can be both visible and invisible. As I said, 
There is a kind of knowledge which can be right before one's eyes, and yet the eyes may not see it. Can be right before our understanding, and yet our understanding does not comprehend it. What I now want to say, I hope, will illumine your mind's eye. Now we are accustomed to the thought that the mark of the beast will be something like a tattoo or some kind of physical scarring which enables the mark to be seen with a naked eye so that the, the servants of Antichrist can identify who has already received the mark and the ministers of the gospel can determine who has not received the mark. And in times past, this tattooing or scarring it has been the means by which human beings are marked. However, already we are becoming accustomed to being marked by numbers. And there have been many errors surrounding the expectation of the number 666. And we can't help but note how it has become increasingly acceptable for human beings to mark their skin and to walk around in public places where once they hid from or hid their markings from. We should also note that within the scriptures there is reference to those who take marks upon their skin or scarrings. But we will not rehearse that topic right now. For I am speaking about a mark which is both visible and invisible, which is on the skin and yet not visible to the naked eye, right in front of your eyes, and yet you cannot see it. Now, if you are predisposed to not believing a thing, except you see it, then you might fail to understand the condition of blindness. For a blind person has eyes and yet cannot see, even as a deaf person has ears and cannot see. The cause of their blindness or the cause of their deafness must be removed or it must receive some kind of uh, additional help to overcome the human weakness of our flesh. Now you might consider what I'm about to tell you as unbelievable, as a bit of evidence from the Holy Scriptures. It, it, you might consider it irrelevant, that it isn't true, or that it's just the product of an active imagination. What I'm telling you is kind of a simpleton's response. But if you listen to it carefully and heed its warning, it may indeed save you from the coming mark of the beast. Our first point is that the scriptures reveal this to us. However, it will not be found in your printed Bibles, which you have at home, 
which we use in our churches, which are widely distributed by various Bible organizations. No, it's not hidden in those copies. It is hidden in the more original manuscripts. Now, most of us already know these things, especially if we've been students of the Holy Scriptures. But we have not seen it in person with our own eyes, though we have perhaps seen photographs of it in our studies of how we have received the Holy Scriptures. I don't ask you to necessarily believe me. Believe the evidence which I'm about to reveal. There is a Greek word which expresses that which is revealed and hidden at the same time. You may have heard of it, or you may have not. But if you have studied the scriptures at any depth, you know about it. The Greek word is palimpsest. Now, the dictionary definition of a palimpsest shows what you already know. A palimpsest is a noun. Why this is relevant, I will not say now, but perhaps you will be able to make the association without me telling you. A palimpsest is a document or other a parchment or other writing material upon which a writing has been erased, rubbed out, scratched out, scrubbed out. And then the same material is used again to write something new on the manuscript or the parchment or the skin. Do you understand this? Can you perceive yet how this might relate to the Holy Scriptures as evidence of the mark of the beast? That it can be both visible and invisible? As I have said, if you have been a student of the Holy Scriptures and how we have received the canon of Scriptures, then you know about a palimpsest. But did you know that the oldest full copy of the four Gospels is kept at St. Catherine's Monastery and that is called the Sinai Palimpsest? It is one of our most precious treasures in the Orthodox faith. It is written in Syriac. If you don't know about this, you might ought to spend some time to learn about it rather than watching your favorite movie or TV show because the topic is that relevant. Now this word palimpsest is derived from the ancient Greek, palimpsestos, a word which literally means to scrape clean and made ready to use again. Now let me recap just a moment. Is this not like baptism? It erases our sins and makes us clean, preparing us for being written with the image of God again upon our hearts. 
St. Paul discusses this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Why would anybody want to create a palimpsest? The answer is quite simple. Cost. Now, do not dismiss the cost factor, for it is relevant to the topic, relevant to our present COVID-19 experience, and to the coming of the Mark of the Beast. Now, what is it that has many people concerned about the coming COVID-19 vaccination? It is that they suspect that it will alter our DNA or attach itself to our DNA in some manner which permanently marks us. This process is similar and perhaps identical to what a palimpsest is. For if our DNA is altered or even just has an element attached to it, then that makes us to become walking palimpsests. Now, whether the vaccination introduces us to just an attachment to our DNA or if it actually alters our DNA, the memory of our DNA will still be present. Even though it has been altered, and is now not fully visible by itself. We will still have the memory of our DNA encoded in us. Even while we have now a new DNA identification. But you may wonder, how is this a mark? It's not visible. But as I've said, there is a mark that is both visible and invisible. And that mark is our DNA. And it's right on the surface of our epidermis. It's on our hands and our forehead. And all that is needed is the technology to give man the eyes to see it. And as I had noted from the beginning, we have all become accustomed now to having our foreheads scanned. We have our foreheads scanned when we we go into our work, into grocery stores, into restaurants, into theaters, into sporting events, just about any place we are going, we need to have our foreheads scanned, at least in some locales. In Kenya, they have to have their heads scanned before they enter church. And is that not, not now becoming a practice here in the United States? Yes, we are being trained like cattle to have our heads examined. Now I ask you, why are churches being shut down? Is it not to position them to agree to concede to scanning foreheads 
the foreheads of its members or its visitors. If you want to come in and worship, you have to submit to having your head scanned. And then you have to be approved for the visit. Now, the United States is a nation of some of the most independent thinkers that the world has ever known, at least in volume. How can the United States Christian citizen be made acceptable or to accept an intrusion upon his individuality, an intrusion which might actually alter permanently his reality? What is it that can motivate the United States citizen, much less the citizens around the world in their various countries, to accept a conformity to a system wherein all humans are encoded and marked with one mark in their DNA? The answer is fear. Fear of being different, fear of being left behind, fear of sickness and old age, fear of financial destitution, fear of incarceration, fear of separation from home and family relations, from neighbors, and whatever else we have placed before God in our experience. I want to address a side point. Over my lifetime, I have shared the gospel with with as many people as who would be willing to hear. And many a people have responded similarly. That is, they would say, I will just not take the mark of the beast. They answer this in kind of a half mocking manner and jest. And a lot, a little bit, half maybe, a half belief in the gospel that they heard. In short, they believe refusing the mark of the beast hedges their bets. By this answer, they hope not in Christ, as the gospel commands, but they hope in themselves. They hope in their resolve to not believe in the gospel and obey it now because it requires an inconvenient obedience. They do not want to think about the gospel which commands them to believe and be baptized, to seek and know Jesus Christ risen from the dead. They are content to believe that Christ is only a relic of history and their belief is simply an acknowledgement of his possible, at worst, or probable existence in history, and unable to bring themselves to belief and faith in Christ, they give themselves to the idea that they will be able to resist the mark of the beast. As I've noted, today we are being taught to fear death. Everywhere we hear about the fear of death. It is our common denominator 
it is being spoken to motivate us to change our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. We are being told to fear our neighbor, fear our churches, fear our schools, fear our workplace, fear our homes, fear the places of entertainment and restoration, fear riding around in our car, fear being in the public closer than six feet to each other. We are even being taught to fear ourselves. What is the cure for this fear? It is the gospel of our beloved Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, this is not what is being preached in many churches around the world. Fear is being preached. What is being offered to us is a scientific vaccination and we are being told that it only will save us. And this prepares us for the mark of the beast. One world mind think. Now I cannot tell you for certain that the vaccinations, the COVID-19 vaccinations will be DNA altering, but there are many voices with people of credentials saying and warning that it may and maybe even more strongly will. Some people say, we've had vaccinations before. And they think specifically of the polio vaccinations. But we live in a different time, a different era, with different crises, with different authorities and powers and principalities which are working together to overthrow the kingdom of God that is within us. Mm-hmm.